0: Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men on a
1: man's chest. Yo-ho-ho oh, and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo-ho-ho oh, and a bottle of rum. You
0: best start for leave. the ghost stories.
1: You're in one.
0: There are no survivors.
1: Is an and is we do with the the ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the black pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films, and yes, the expanded universe. We dabble in history, stress the euphemisms, and strive to have a hell of a good swashbuckler time each and every freaking week. It's a show where we break down each and every film in the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise, two blinding minutes at a time, and it's a little escape, I like to say, to a time where disease really did run rampant and dental hygiene was completely blasphemy, at least based on what we're seeing in Pirates of the Caribbean.
0: That sounds like a vacation.
1: It is. Vacation for your mind. Because you can get up and you go, thank God I'm on vacation. I don't have to brush my teeth today. (laughs) God. (laughs) That's pretty much what happens there based on what I've seen. So I'm Scott Artist from ScottArtist.com,
0: And I'm Heather Artist from BlackPearlShow.com. And possibly the Tiki Room. We shall see.
1: Yeah, and it's amazing. Not only did you get the URL right, you got your name right, and you even did a little ad lib, and no mistakes. That's amazing. That's actually Must be amazing. my day. Yeah, exactly. Or a giant, giant Venti-style rum over there that you got going on. Maybe. That could be too. But I'm super excited, not just for the weekend that's upon us here, but we received a box that included... Antiquities, antiquities. I say antiquities. That's how excited I am about it. And I've had to work. We've had to do the podcast thing. And so I haven't been able to play with my bones. And that's what I want to do. That's exactly what I want to do. Euphemism? I don't know. You read into it. I got a box of bones and I want to check it out. So it's some paleontological artifacts. There's, um, like I said, an artifact. Ancient man artifact. It's like Indiana Jones. We're visiting the government warehouse where they have the Ark of the Covenant. We went in there. We got some stuff. (laughs) That's what I see it as. The oldest item we got, sixty thousand years old. Yeah, I said it, sixty thousand years old. It's pretty sweet.
0: And what's that, Scott?
1: Do we have? I wasn't really gonna say what it was. Oh, you're just gonna say
0: it's sixty thousand years old and just let it go? Okay, it's
1: Ice Age. It's it's the skull of a woolly rhinoceros. Oh yeah, a actual. Once-alive beast that roamed the Ice Age 60,000 years ago. It was
0: pretty dusty, too.
1: It'd be dusty. <laughs> Direct from Siberia at one point, but it's, it's been... The provenances takes it around, so it's not like from Siberia now. That's not proper. But it had <laughs> been originally, and he had roamed the earth, my friend. My little wooly friend. Quite a big wooly friend. Then we also uh, got a, a sweet little clay pot. It was made about 3,000 years ago. It's funny because that comes up later in my, my show notes. That's And weird. it wasn't something planned. It just happened. That's odd. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm ready to work on my display stuff. And that's it. I'm starting a <laughs> weekend, work on some display. But since this really isn't an archaeology or paleontology podcast, I guess it's time... We talk pirates. Pirates, I say.
0: Well, you don't have to sound so down about talking pirates.
1: I wanted to Said I wanted to play with you. Once you're ready to play with your bones, then that's all you can think about. And so <laughs> it's hard for me to focus anywhere else. I'm like a, a butterfly. I'm a dog looking for the shiny object getting distracted. But it's, I guess you're right. It's time to get the pirate action rolling. So maybe we start things off with Pirate Fact or Pirate Untruth of the Week. It's one of those.
0: You started with that, and not recapping? Or do you recap after? I, I always
1: recap after. See, I knew you there would be something in the opener you would just destroy. You almost made it through it, but you had to open up and express your feelings. Well I
0: gotta read now, so we'll see how that works. Pirate one goes. Fact of the Week. Fact.
1: Bears eat beets. Bears beets.
0: Captain Jack Sparrow. hacker
1: two-handed hacker does this have something to do with playing with my bones does this have something to do with drinking
0: no (laughs) so
1: none of those things okay
0: no no sorry
1: damn right sorry
0: for hand-to-hand combat fighting the traditional weapon of chinese pirates was a long heavy sword called the two-handed hacker
1: two-handed hacker
0: yep it was swung with both hands the blade could even cut through metal armor. Jesus. Yeah. That I guess was that's ahead. why they call it
1: hacker. Yeah. Not only do you have to have two hands to wield it, it's like some big broadsword thing, but it sounds like you're hacking people off.
0: Yeah. Through their armor. Heard the Japanese try. pirates preferred smaller swords. They fought with one in each hand and could defeat even the most skilled Chinese warrior. Well, swinging a big old humongous sword that you had to have two hands... Or you got two little swords and you're just... Yeah.
1: Well, there's some agility thing there. Yeah. You can just move around. Yeah. It's like trying to get a giant troll that's in the club and you're a bit agile. Whether you take that from Harry Potter no. or you can go you all the stick... way back to Jason and the Argonauts or something like that.
0: You stick your wand up the troll's nose. <laughs>
1: okay. At least we're saying nose. I didn't know where this was going. Again, my mind is And then you have troll bones. boogies
0: on your wand.
1: Harry Potter.
0: Yeah. There we go. So I figured with all the weapons that the little lady here has on her, which I was amazed to see the number of weapons, I figured this would... You'd bring some... I'd bring some weaponry.
1: Asian weaponry.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: In the previous minutes, Barbosa comes back again. I get it. He can walk downstairs. Ooh, Barbosa, nicely done. Elizabeth manages to leave her mouth agape and shows Huang exactly what she thought of his hoist-the-colors rendition. Rigetti gives his wooden eye a shot at scene. Pintel remains bald. And Scott fails to recognize incognito Tia Dalma. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> Minute begins with a couple of we throughs as Elizabeth and Barbosa are escorted into Sal Feng's lair while Gibbs, Marty, Pintel, Rigetti cut through the sewer bars. I Minute mean, ends with Elizabeth and Barbosa finally reaching a well attended to Sao Fang who manages to strike a crucifixion pose. Don't just do it, strike a pose, there's nothing to it. Vogue, vogue. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Maybe I'll have to play that, see if I got the words right. Ah, Sao Fang in his pose. Here's my theory. Elizabeth isn't perceived as a threat. Just a naive woman alone, singing a dangerous song that she doesn't know the meaning to, according to our friend Huang. Next thing you know, after Barbosa's encore entrance, she gives Huang a bit of knife job to the neck here, right? Yeah. So, two things. Firstly, she's now threatening Huang's masculinity, the little bit he has, when he thought she was just a mere helpless woman.
0: Because he didn't estimate her.
1: Exactly. He needed to estimate her. Uh, Yeah, you just said it. Damn it. (laughs) Secondly, this is his chance for a bit of a ta-ta peaking, if you will, revenge. Because she made him the fool. That's what I think. Okay, maybe I have a third point. He also now sees her as a risk based on her actions. I mean, would she have slipped through this system here had she played out the... Helpless woman role or kind of fell into the woman of the era role.
0: I just had a thought. Sorry, just spark. Okay. Now, when she's giving him a hug in yeah. our last episode, yeah, he could probably feel all those guns on her.
1: I don't think he was focused on the guns on him. I think he was focused on her guns on him. Well, that too. And that's but- why he wanted to see them. Again, I said the ta-ta peeking. <laughs> this is true. exactly what it was.
0: Well, it's to embarrass her, for one thing.
1: Yeah, so he...
0: It's to embarrass her. It's to have a little peek of the, the lady goods. who got him hot and bothered. A little and bit made beforehand. him look like the idiot. Yeah. And then, you know, I forgot where I was going anyway. <laughs> and he had to have felt them all.
1: Well... Maybe that's why he's saying that. That's another good point. See, I went down the risque route. You well, actually came down the logical route of, yeah, he felt those guns on her. Yeah. So it's it's a no-brainer that he's going to say, come on, you got to open up. You got to take the guns off. You <laughs> well, got
0: to open up, huh? <laughs> over, over. <laughs> wow. La, da, da. <laughs> and okay. we're done. <laughs> no. and, and where the hell was she hiding that big old monster gun? Barbosa was even looking like, where the hell was that?
1: We're still on Huang. Quit focusing on Elizabeth's carry-all here. For him, I get it, though. I mean, he's living out of a freaking bathhouse filled with men. He that needs are to, growing mushrooms. He needs to clear his mind. He needs to get a fresh perspective of things. Come on. That day, hole... Is nowhere he wants to be wandering without some kind of protection. That's for sure. Wow. And I ain't talking guns and knives here. It's time to lather up with some hand sanitizer. Something. Hand sanitizer is desperately needed in this joint. Mix up the ethyl alcohol. I mean, it's, I mean, if I was in the lab, I'd do 90%. Maybe 95% (laughs) alcohol to to sterilize this whole thing. But yeah. So let's get this off our checklist before we start to head down the guns route. One creepy pirate pervert. Check. We're done. (laughs) There we go. But yeah, you're right. I don't want to just rehash the Elizabeth is toting a lot of hidden guns thing here. This gag. It's a trope for sure. Oh, yeah. But my main point is that this is so part of her evolution from high society to full-on pirate. Yeah. Because it reminds me so much of Jack Sparrow. It's like that thing. It's like Elizabeth is on the Flying Dutchman becoming part of the ship. She's been hanging around Jack so much she's starting to become like him. And that's what I'm kind of getting out of this. Mm. It definitely hi- it, like, it like does this highlight of how far she's come from the naive young woman she was in the first film to a gun-toting badass pirate lady who's trying to slip into an Asian bathhouse <laughs> with a bunch of creepo dudes with a bunch of guns. I don't know. That's a big change from Parley.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Instead, she ends up walking in in some tiny little robe type thing. Trying to hold it down so nobody sees anything.
1: These guys, yeah, I don't know. I'd be doing the same thing, even if I was a guy. <laughs> that's that's a spooko spot. That's all I gotta say. I mean, maybe that's why Huang really wanted her to undress. He's just had to know where she was keeping that. Getting back to your point, that handheld cannon of hers. It's like, hey, is that a cannon in your pants? Right. <laughs> or are you happy to see her? I mean that. Seriously, I think it was actually like tucked into her,
0: it was like down her leg inside her pants, inside her pants, or something. It had to be, I mean, it's but I mean, but it had to be far down her leg for her to reach back like that. Well, they
1: had to do it in the the sight gaggy way, like she's almost some kind of Austin Powers esque (laughs) situation when they're in the tent. I don't know if you remember that. Which one is that? Is that the Second or third one when
0: nature calls.
1: That's East Ventura for one thing. Oh, sorry, Austin Powers. Well,
0: within a tent,
1: they're in the tent. The light and the guards are out there. Uh, it's got to be the third one or something. Yeah, like that. Anyways, <laughs> this is an Austin Powers, but that's my thing. He wanted to know where she actually was keeping that. I mean, the best part of the entire scene, though, is Barbosa is a straight man in this routine. It's like the old vaudeville kind of thing. She's she's the uh, the comedy. One and he's like the serious type, yeah, yeah. You know, because he kn- he knocks it out of the park with this un- like uncomfortable smile thing going on here. It's like holy Sal Fang, she's got herself an arsenal on her. <laughs> Where's she getting this? He's got the uncomfortable look, like yeah, we're okay. Yeah, you're right. I guess I got caught.
0: Yeah,
1: and, uh, I think that's one of the best parts of it for me, anyways.
0: Yeah, but I think Sal Fang's or ta- what's his name, Sal Fang.
1: Tai, tai Wong. F- tai
0: Wong. Wong. Oh, Sal Feng is the other dude.
1: He's the pirate tai lord Tai Wong,
0: guy. I think his whole goal is to embarrass Elizabeth at well, this point. At yeah. the end, when he said, has her stripped down, it's to embarrass her.
1: Cause, well, she embarrassed him in yeah. front of the men. Yeah. And this obviously is at a time when that shouldn't happen as far as he's concerned. Right. Like you just destroyed the my masculinity. You know What? I'm getting free free visual action here. Yeah. I'm going to embarrass you. And there's all kinds of people around. But those guys behind that are guarding the door. Yeah. They're like eunuch stone faces. Did you see? They're not even paying attention.
0: One Come is, on, man. One is looking away. He's not even looking at her. The other one's got his eyes turned to look at her.
1: Oh, I didn't see the eyes turned. But that's some good guard action there. Yeah. They know that they... Can't be distracted, so they're doing their business there. Yeah. But yeah, that's pretty pretty impressive, guys. You're guarding in a bathhouse. I think your eyes might wander a bit when that's going on. Maybe they did. Maybe when they cut the scene. Their eyes are going to
0: wander in a bathhouse when there's only men bathing. Because
1: she's there. Oh. So that would be the wandering. Oh, okay. Maybe that's why they're so <laughs> used to it. They're Not that there's anything wrong with it, we say. We're just assuming they're hetero. And they're not getting the action that they would like mm. to see there, so they've they've grown to their position. Like I'm just not going to look anywhere. I'm going to stone face it and look. Well, I don't want to eyeball things, and I don't want to see something I don't want to see. Yeah. So maybe that's what it is. I don't maybe. know. I did look it up though, too. It, it is a movie trope, which I've seen it in a ton of movies. Yeah, and I probably too many to to try and count and to name off where. Somebody starts pulling out all these guns. But it's called the walking armory trope. Hmm. And they actually provide in the example of this trope this exact scene.
0: Oh, really? So, yeah, here's
1: what they say. In the opening of Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End, while being disarmed before going to meet with the pirate lord of Singapore, Sal Fang, Elizabeth is shown to have a minimum of a knife. Four pistols strapped to a vest concealed under her jacket, one much larger gun hidden in the back of her pants, and a hand grenade on her. And that's just the weapons we get to see. Even the lone bigger gun is a trope called the hand cannon.
0: Oh, okay. Hand cannon. Yeah,
1: it's the it's the big guy.
0: Yeah, I got that. That kind
1: of looks like a flintlock, maybe a blunderbuss, a flintlock blunderbuss pistol or something like that.
0: Wow, it's a mix of three different I, things. That's what I'm
1: thinking. It. It. I think that that may be it. I mean, it, that's what I'm kind of looking at. I mean, I didn't give it like a full-on study. I didn't deep dive for some weird reason. I think because I had bones on the brain. That's I wasn't, wasn't prepared to do that research. But I'm sure one of our listeners might know. Adam, Adam Lieberk Johnson. He actually may know. He may have an idea of exactly what that is. He's like a great source for antique arms and armory. He's... He's involved with that kind of stuff. Not like killing stuff. He's more no, like, yeah. You know, uh,
0: he contributes a lot when yeah, it comes exactly. to that sort of stuff.
1: Yeah. He, he knows his stuff. I'm not saying yeah. he's out there just blowing people away. Sorry for bringing this up now, Adam, that I said this. <laughs> <laughs> not trying to cast him as some kind of crazy guy going downtown and just pulling weapons, but he knows his stuff. He's like an expert, yes. is what I'm saying. That's where I was really trying to go with this. Not into this crazy other tangent that I did, but he does. And he's posted some really cool stuff in our Facebook listeners crew group, the yeah. Cursed Listeners crew, with some cannons and another kind of replica, maybe even real life stuff. But yeah.
0: Yeah, I think like more towards when we first started in...
1: Yeah. Yeah. He's he's done some stuff so he might know and so maybe I'm putting him on the spot to and he'll have to like spend hours like oh my god they <laughs> called me out and I, now I got to double down and find what this is. But yeah, he may know or he may just have a general idea what it is. But I want to try to make a mental note too of Elizabeth's wardrobe as you brought that up now now that I'm thinking yeah. of it. I do want to note that because she does have quite a change of costumes in this movie. So I think I want to try and point it out because I think some of it may have some historical significance or be of historic value uh, to the show as we bring in some of the history stuff later on. But we've now seen her in kind of like a Chinese peasant clothing thing. And then we talked about the coolie hat and that kind of stuff. And then obviously, as you mentioned, she's forced to wear the shorty robe. (laughs) They just happen to have the shorty robe there, which makes sense that they're going to have a robe for a woman and it's in this bathhouse. They ain't putting some long thing. They're putting the shorty robe there.
0: But all the other women that are around are in long outfits.
1: Yeah, but they're already there. They're not inviting somebody in.
0: Yeah, but you would think that they would put her in something kind of what the other women are wearing. Not uh, Why would you have a little shorty robe there?
1: Do we need to go through this? Do I need to explain why the invited woman would get a shorty robe?
0: No, I'm just saying... You don't have to explain anything. I'm just saying. Because
1: it's about birds and bees and all this it. kind of stuff. Do you? Because yes. I'm not sure you do. But like I said, she does have a number of costume changes and I and different things that are, a lot of them Asian inspired as she goes through things yeah. later in the movie. So I, I just want to make like a mental note to bring that stuff up.
0: Oh, I have, uh, one of my books actually has information on um, her wardrobe and... Um, now I forget his name again,
1: Sao Feng. Sao Fang's,
0: yeah, Sao Fang's wardrobe, oh, and, yeah. and that sort of stuff. So, so that's what we'll, we'll want to talk about. Yeah, that stuff as it pops up when that stuff up. comes up, yeah.
1: Did you think there was some sort of flying Dutchman, though, as we we're kind of like wandering our way with these guys into the bathhouse? This, this flying Dutchman shore leave thing happening here, yeah because those dudes with the mushrooms. Yeah. <laughs> they need to avoid death sticks and rethink their lives here, folks. Sitting in the bathhouse until mushrooms grow off your dome? What the hell, dudes? Come
0: on. I kind of read up because I was like, what the what is this? Are they actually, you know, from the Dutchman or yeah. what is it, you know? And so I found that they're mushrooms and they are actually been in there so long that they're growing these mushrooms. They're part of his, uh, Sal Fang's pirate crew. And they actually been in there so long they're growing these mushrooms. But then I was in another book and um Ted and Terry's thing were, they wanted to show that even on land, pirates are filthy people. Mm. So they're not washing up, they're growing mushrooms now.
1: That's disgusting. Right? But here's okay. They were
0: saying that the water you can, if you look at the water, it's just gross in there. It's just nasty. You have to tell me
1: that bathhouse is nasty.
0: (laughs) They said actually the um, whole uh, set was steaming up, was like foggy. There was actual fog in the set because of this bathhouse.
1: Yeah, that's that place. I mean, obviously it wasn't disgusting in real life, but man, yeah, that place was. That's not fun. That's not where you want to wear the short robe.
0: Kind of had a stink in there, right? Oh, come on. With all the mushrooms and everything growing. It and-
1: stunk like oh, and mildew. The mushrooms—that's what you're saying stinks. <laughs> come on, get out of town. It was smelling- the mushrooms is the least of your worries. You'd love to put mushrooms on there
0: <laughs> if, if
1: you could. If you're walking in there, you want mushrooms on your nose. That's how bad <laughs> other stuff smells there. Come on, but it's like an opium house vibe. You know what those dudes just chilling there? It's yeah. like something you'd see in a western, an old western kind of thing. It's almost like a what was that? Uh, well, some of those places I can't think of any of the westerns that have had maybe like uh, Tombstone or something where they've had kind of some of these opium houses.
0: Yeah,
1: I don't know uh, whatever other ones. What's that railroad western show that we were watching for a while?
0: Oh, oh, can't oh, oh it's Swinging.
1: No, that was a different one. Oh, oh no, but that's a good example the- of that would have probably an opium house. That was yeah. uh now I can't think of that one Dead either. Deadwood. Deadwood. And then there but there was that other one that was like where they were building the railroad.
0: Oh, I don't know the name of that one.
1: I think maybe there was something there. But anyways, I'm not gonna digress into that. But I'm so sure like the detail comes off like they want it to, though. I think that's how they wanted it to come off, is like this den. It's like a den of iniquity. Yeah. And For me, though, with the mushroom dudes, it's too Davy Jones for me. And I don't think we needed mushroom men stewing in their juices to know how nasty they were, if that's what Terry and Ted were saying about this. Yeah,
0: they were trying to get it to make it. I mean,
1: did we really need that?
0: Ah, well... well, Did
1: we need mushrooms growing on the people? Mushrooms
0: on the people just gave you that they're from... The, shit, the um, flying Dutchman.
1: Yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: That's all that. You no. know, that's what that. That's what thought. If you didn't look into it, that's what comes to you. Is that's what from you the see. Because you,
1: you can easily miss all the toadstools and stuff oh, yeah. growing along the side to say, okay, that's mushrooms growing on them. But that's my point. Does it seem like Verbinski was trying to double down on this whole Dutchman crew thing with the... Uh, the corals and all the sea life and sea things that grow on these guys—that's like that's the Dutch Dutchmen's like yeah mo. That's who they are. That's how they're defined. Right. Now we have to give the bath the bathhouse men the same thing. Yeah, I think. That Why was, did we do that? That
0: was over.
1: Yeah, it, it was overkill. It shouldn't it didn't have been it.
0: gone on the people.
1: No. On the other stuff, yeah, that could yeah. have just showed the nastiness of it. But on the people, it it rings back too much, like trying to recreate a Davy Jones crew here, yeah. and that's what I didn't think was needed. It's not that I minded or I dwelled on it for more than an hour. I'm just saying that when I saw it, I thought, "God, are these Davy Jones crew?" That's people? exactly and what he, I thought. Then I rewound it again, and I was like looking at it, and okay, there's mushrooms, and then we chatted about it. But yeah. It gives you that so much of that vibe, like we just came off of Dead Man's Chest, for instance, in two thousand six, and all this kind of stuff. And then you come a year later, and you're watching At World's End, and you're thinking, "Are these Dutchman people?" Yeah, because you may miss the whole other what it actually is on them. It what? may look like they're they're infiltrating this thing. Like these Dutchman guys are on leave, and they went to the bathhouse for God's sake. If
0: you're not watching it the way we watch it multiple times and rewind and fast forward, slow forward and everything. Yeah. You're not, you can't tell they are mushrooms.
1: No, but it, it's like rehashing the same thing. Yeah. So it's they look like, like Dutchman crew. with the flying Dutchman crew, the longer they're on the ship, they become part of the ship yeah. and start to take on the qualities of the ship. Now we're saying that these guys in the bathhouse have been in here so long that they're taking on the qualities of yeah. the bathhouse. That is just, that for me was the overkill. I mean, the effects yeah, I thought it looked really good. That's an A+. The inclusion in the film, it's a, gets a what the hell. Right. For me, anyways. Because yeah. it's not like the Dutchman crew are even gone in this movie. So there's not like a need to replace them with some other supernatural, crazy-looking dudes. Right. This was almost like, ooh, can we make this look really cool? Yeah, you did, but was it needed? No. I mean, we all get it. This place is gross. Yeah. I didn't need that.
0: Well, on top of it, would you really let the mushrooms grow on you these you know guys I are mean? i
1: think they're opium
0: well,
1: opium the, oh. in it up
0: okay
1: something like that they're they're token it
0: they're token it
1: <laughs> they're smoking it they're cooking it they're doing whatever they're doing they need
0: something. to do it's in the air
1: to do, and they're just stewing and their freaking juices there that's that's the disgusting thing it's
0: so gross fungus
1: on people yes mushrooms and toadstools on people Nah, that doesn't happen <laughs> Not in real life, anyways. But this, again, is uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. We are brought to you this week by Urban Bird Foundation. Start conserving birds in your community today at urbanbird.org shop. Make a symbolic owl adoption for yourself or a friend and help grassroots bird conservation and wildlife rescues. I know many of you are wondering just why in the Blooming Cockroaches I'm talking about Urban Bird Foundation on a show about Pirates of the Caribbean. But come on, have you seen what Cotton's Parrot has gone through? chased by cannibals, weathered the Kraken, avoided cannon explosions, and even miraculously survived a trip back underwater from Davy Jones's locker. Clearly, Pirates of the Caribbean need some bird love. You can give birds a helping hand, mateys. You know you can't have a Disney pirate without a bird. So save a pirate by saving birds at urbanbird.org shop. Urban Bird Foundation. Birds, people, communities. One of the early... Oh, remember I was saying I was going to start something there, and now I have to backtrack. Because I was talking about the pottery that we just got. Yeah. This 3,000-year-old piece of pottery. And so when I was... And I don't really suggest this as an internet search. But I typed in Asian bathhouses like a dumbass. Shiver me timbers. So that's my second dumbass for the show. And yes, what you imagined actually happened. When I got the results back, so don't do it—not on a computer that uh, you don't need to burn afterwards. But I did because I thought, oh, the origin of this. No, you got to type the origin in, and then you got to loosely glance, but don't glance and get around things. <laughs> it turns out, yeah. So, a, I'm scarred for life. But I, one of the earliest known public baths was built in the Indus Valley around 2500 BC in the lost city of. Mohano-Daro. And it's called the Great Bath. This large pool was constructed of baked brick and was excavated in the early 1900s by archaeologists in present-day Pakistan. So, anthropologists say that it may have been used as a temple since bathing and cleanliness may have been linked to religious beliefs. Not in our case here in Pirates of the Caribbean, but back then. Yeah. 3,000 years before these goofballs were, were in their bathhouse. But it's so interesting that this popped up in regards to the Indus Valley because that is where the artifact that we received this clay pot came from the Indus Valley civilization. It's a 3000-year-old bowl. I mean, that right there is, is sweet. Is
0: it from a bathhouse?
1: <laughs> yes. I knew this minute was coming up. So I I went and I sought out I went to antique Artifact dealers and antiquities dealers. And I was like, I need an element from a bathhouse for our show. And that's why we got it. It was simply this bathhouse. And it's disgusting. And it's growing mushrooms even after all this time. That's how polluted it was. That it still has mushrooms growing on it from 3,000 years ago. So, yes. (laughs) That's disgusting. Damn it. (laughs) But it is interesting that that popped up. And um, it's it's pretty cool. Now we got to get a thing and so we can encase it so it's very well protected. So
0: Heather doesn't drop it. I know. Like I was it.
1: scared when you were opening that. I'm like, <laughs>
0: oh, my God. <laughs> Let's take it, it <laughs> over
1: the couch or something where you don't drop it.
0: <laughs> you let me carry it that far. That was that surprising, was amazing. actually. It
1: is. She has a history of it dropping stuff. Really it was bubble wrapped really well. It was. Well, come on. You have to.
0: But you let <laughs> me carry it to the couch. And then when the dog jumped on the couch, you flipped out.
1: I Come on, 3,000 years? It survives 3,000 years buried in the sands of time. This thing is excavated, makes it to our house, boom, destroyed. <laughs> That's how it would go. So, yeah, Heather's not allowed to really touch it, and there we go. But pirates here is what we're talking about, not my, my lust for bones and antiquities right now. Here's what I found, too. Uh... When I was doing some looking into the whole set stuff, because you brought that up last yeah. time and it was intriguing. And so we talked about Rick Heinrich's last season, he, you know, with the set designs and all that yeah. kind of stuff. And he was saying that it was a lot of fun for us to research and come up with a new way of telling the story of pirates and what a pirates kind of would look like in 1720s Singapore that we don't know the name of yet. And he says, there's not much documentation about it. It's different shrubberies, Chinese and Southeast Asian architecture. And so we came up with this Chinese-Malaysian melange. Okay. Uh Uh-huh. Then he goes on to say, although we didn't have a direct reference from Singapore in the early part of the 18th century, we did have other stuff from the 19th century, the early 1800s. And this was photographic type research. Then uh, John Knoll added, Singapore anyways is kind of at a crossroads in Southeast Asia with many different cultural references. So we have Indonesian, Malaysian, and Chinese. It's a melting pot. Mm -hmm. And that's what they came up with. What I really like about it, I mean, even though I have problems with the mushroom overload kind of thing going on here, the set is really incredibly detailed. I mean, it's outstanding. Even the cast making up the bathhouse scene set the mood perfectly. They're creepos. They look like they're just drugged out.
0: Maybe they're eating the mushrooms.
1: (laughs) That's highly possible. And what better way
0: to eat a mushroom than, than to grow it on your up. face <laughs> and then pull it off and then eat it? That way you have
1: food with you wherever you go. Then there was uh when they're walking up to Sao Fang, the tattooed pirate. Yeah. Who's played by Toru Tanaka Jr. And we're not going to get into him, but he leads Elizabeth and Barbosa, right, and we yeah. see this thing. So as I was taking a look at his tattoo as he's walking in front of us, your yeah. Quotes. I'm not sure if we get a better look on it later on, but I'm I don't think so. But it's quite interesting, and I don't know if you found anything on it, but I almost interpret it as an Asian-inspired Kraken story when I look at it because there's this warrior, this like samurai-like warrior, even though maybe he's Chinese here. That's on there. So a Chinese warrior, maybe. Yeah. And then on the other side, you have, like, the right side would be this dragon, which I see maybe is representing the Kraken. And in the middle, separating both is a tall ship, this pirate ship, waves. And then beneath all of that is what just might be like a Poseidon-like figure, this undersea god kind huh. of thing. Maybe even a Davy Jones element. It's not like he's looks like Davy Jones. Yeah. But it's a underwater-wielding giant god. Maybe a Calypso kind of thing. I don't know. It's a guy, though. And then lower right face is a this thing, and or lower right part is this face. It's reminiscent of almost like this being trapped in the underworld, kind of paintings from the Middle Ages and stuff like that of, you know, people being trapped in hell and stuff. And it kind of looks like that. So it kind of all comes together for me as like this foreshadowing element with Asian influence. It's like... Mm. Here's the story we're in right now yep. that we're watching. Exactly. But it's Asian style. Yeah. And that's kind of what I get out of it. And I didn't see anything online about it. So that's just like my current breakdown until I get a better look at the tattoo or more info. That's kind of how I'm going to roll with it.
0: The dragon part of the tattoo is actually a Sal Fang thing. Mm. All of his crew has dragon tattoos.
1: Wow, oh, that's right. So, so that's, that's, the, element that's of that.
0: part of, you know, the dragon is his crew. That's how they know that. So maybe they're true. It his also, crew
1: also could just be the maybe a story from their pirate adventures. Then. Well,
0: but it makes sense of this movie. You know, you have well, or being a pirate even. Yeah. You know, you have you, which is a Chinese man, right? Yeah. The portrait of the.
1: Okay. Yeah, the samurai kind the of samurai war- yeah, warrior. Or Chinese warrior. The tall
0: ship were their junk ships. Yeah. Okay. And then you have Davy Jones' locker, the dragon, which is like you said it could be the Kraken. Kind of makes sense of the pirate life.
1: Yeah, that's what I, yeah. I maybe there's ties and elements to both or crossing paths with Davy Jones or just the stories and the elements of mythology merging with Sao Fang's pirate crew versus what other stories Pirates <laughs> will Till the end. centuries across the sea, was not enough for me, all I want is to be free and hail Captain Blood, on and on eternally, with a life of piracy, hail the curse of Gil and hail Captain Blood. Do we need to sound the alarm though? I know we're talking South Fang and some of that stuff, and here's where... I got to like hit the, uh, uh. we got a Messiah complex alert here because we don't even get to see South Fang turn around, but this guy's gone full savior mode here. There's the light shining in him, you know, or on him, like the Raiders of the Lost Ark map room, you know, that comes out of that circle, that sunlight through the whole thing. It hits him while he's being attended to by the, the ladies there.
0: The ladies.
1: Women of ill repute right there. His arms are extended like he's up for some kind of crucifixion. (laughs) It's like he's basking in the glory of the sun. Like, you know. uh.
0: I got the idea that they were putting his robe on.
1: They were putting his robe on. But come on. on. He held his arms when they were clearly done. Like he's master of his domain there.
0: Well, maybe he is.
1: The sunlight hitting him. like Like we talked about with the auras and things like that. Previously, his arms extended. This guy. This guy thinks he is... Not just the pirate lord, but the lord. That's my guess. I mean, that's an obligatory messiah reference, no doubt. That was the first thing that hit me. I mean, it's weird. Once I went down the Indiana Jones route in the opener, then I was looking for indie references all over. I'm like, it's like he's in the damn map room. It's like, oh my god, Indus Valley. It's like, I'm an archaeologist now. I'm in the damn... Government warehouse getting antiquities from the shelf that the government has hid from us. How dare they, bastards! But that's what that's what I got. And then oh, oh when I was thinking of yeah. that, and then we got the uh, the motley crew, the remaining motley crew crawling oh, yeah. through the rat tunnel. Oh yeah. That's a clear Last Crusade reference. Come on, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, right there.
0: They all had like bags with them, and then Marty had like a something to bust through things.
1: I wonder if that's something to come in this movie. What could they need weapons and things for? Well, I'm
0: just saying they had bags, which I've never seen them carrying bags, so it was kind of interesting.
1: You got to get the stuff in, and I think you'll be yeah, surprised later when they when that stuff manifests into the movie.
0: And then they're all they're all walking hands and knees.
1: Yeah, and that Marty's was good...
0: just crouched down a little. Yeah.
1: <laughs> ah, Marty. But yeah, that's all I got. I got Indiana Jones. I got antiquities. I think I'm almost ready to play with my bones. That's all I have to say. I don't know. Do you have anything else in these two minutes? It was not very eventful besides some gags, really. Yeah. And some background shot. I say background loosely, but kind of back shots of set designs, which were incredible, yeah. all the way around. This whole thing is impeccable. But that's kind of what we really get here. Yep. And then, of course, we get Sal uh, Feng, Jesus Lord, right there. <laughs> but that, that's about it for me. So, talking about crucifixions... Oh, I don't know. Is that blasphemy to even say that? South Fang crucifixions? Anyways, everybody out there, send the hate mail to Heather. But thanks for listening, to These scurvy sea dogs. We found ourselves just basking in the glory all over the podcatcher world. From Apple Podcasts to iHeartRadio. If you want to avoid a good old keelhaul... I always say, perhaps you can leave us a review, a positive review. Get the hell out of here with your negative stuff. It's always good to hear <laughs> Heather from everyone. not
0: like them.
1: <laughs> yeah, it hurts Heather's feelings. Don't do that. We need to shelter her from that. She doesn't have thick, wooly, rhinoceros do not. skin. Pachyderm skin. Anyways, the reviews help us grow the show. Plus, we'd greatly appreciate it. Have a question or comment, give us a call at 8637-PIRATE. That is 8637-PIRATE. We may just play your voicemail on the show. And you can also give us a shout at podcast at blackpearlshow.com. And don't forget to give us a like on Facebook. All the links are at the theblackpearlshow.com. It is that freaking easy. I say that every time. And of course, you know what we're doing here. We're delivering Pirates of the Caribbean info to the masses as the dirty, freaking, filthy, scurvy, sea dog, bilge rats, whatever we are. We're analyzing, scrutinizing, and plundering those blockbuster pirate films. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horns swoggling to a minimum. The scurvy to yourself. And you know what's coming. Don't forget to hang the bastard.
0: And drink the rum.
1: Oh, we have to end on rum and not hang the bastard? <sighs> Bummer.
0: Always. across the sea is not
1: enough for me. All I want is to be free and hail Captain bud On and on eternally, with life of fire. been listening to the Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun, I think all you dirty, filthy buildrats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. But I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat, as for the music, that's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout out to Six Nail Coffin, Tommy Wynn and to the incredible pirate band Black Bones. The rest, well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather. No. This is a Shoutreach Media Production.